This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the February 14th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready to break down some Tuesday action, set you up with some stashes, and talk schedule the rest of the way. I'm a little under the weather, but uh, Ryan's got my back. What's up, Ryan? How's it going, Mike? I'm uh, looking forward to the break. And Yeah. yeah, as you mentioned, fantasy owners can basically start looking ahead to fantasy playoffs if you're in a format like that. Yeah, that's, uh, we'll talk about it in a second, but um, just want to go over the Wednesday news for those of you tuning in for either DFS or anything. It was kind of interesting. We got Chris Dunn coming back. He's going to play 20 minutes. We also have seen that the Bulls are going to play Cameron Payne after the break. He's not playing tonight. They're going to play Paul Zipster more. They're going to play Felicio more. So be careful on your older guys. You're obviously not playing Zipster or Felicio or any of those guys, but um, any sort of take. Obviously, you're picking up Chris Dunn everywhere. No, yeah. Well, it's one of those I love to see. Like, if I own Chris Dunn, just seeing him get his feet wet before the break is great. Just gives you confidence that holding him was the right move and, you know, that after the break he should be fine and and unleashed, essentially. And he did say his conditioning is a C- today. So he's not going to be up to speed. You're obviously not judging him based on his play today. And then Tyson Chandler. So the, the Suns are not going to rest players, but they're basically doing what I call the Nets move, where if they're 95% or 99%, they're going to sit you out. So Chandler's out. Dragon Bender's going to start at center again. That's actually great news because he and Alfred Payton had that 1-5 pick and roll working really well on Saturday. So we'll see what they do there. Hopefully they don't lose by 50 again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, what's up with Bender? Bender's probably uh, a bit of an enigma. He's either great or terrible he's kind of a letdown in the Warriors game yeah up down all around um just very inconsistent he's not a pickup that I'm eager to have especially since like you said the Suns are at least saying that they're not going to shut down Tyson Chandler um we'll see what what happens down the stretch but um yeah Bender's just been so inconsistent I'm not huge into him there are a lot of pickups out there injury stashes we can get to um, that I'd, I'd probably take over Bender at this point. Yeah, and so we'll tie in the Tuesday news with the Hawks, who are sitting guys out in a back-to-back today. They're saying Schroeder has a back injury, Ghostface Ilya, Ursan Ilyasova has a shoulder injury, and they're resting Bazemore. So those guys are out. Uh, we saw a Bembry sighting yesterday. That's interesting. Uh, Dorsey's minutes were down because of the Bembry sighting. John Collins... Still not popping off the stat sheet, but he had four blocks yesterday, and I still think big things are ahead for him. Um, getting Plumlee out of the rotation is basically, uh, again, the stats haven't reflected it, and the minutes haven't either. But I like where John Collins is headed. Yeah, first, on the on the Hawks resting players, they're currently t- in a three-way tie for the worst record in the league with the Suns and Mavs at 18-40. and 40. So you just get the feeling they don't want to accidentally win a game tonight. Um 
But yeah, Collins, I think one encouraging thing for John Collins' fantasy outlook is Dwayne Dedman starting at center and taking a lot of threes because if he takes them and he makes them, then suddenly you've got a bit of you know court spreading in the, in the front court. It's easier to play Collins alongside him. Um, so, I, yeah, I think obviously Collins, I've been touting him all season as a, a breakout second half guy. It hasn't hit yet. But, yeah, hopefully we start seeing him. I mean, he only needs 25 minutes a night, so yeah. I'm not super worried about him. Moving in the right direction for sure. The Plumlee thing was just really the the push that he needed. And now that we're yeah, seeing guys getting rested, that's a lot of usage that could be going. He's not a high usage guy, but, uh, yeah, he's going to block hit threes. His upside's really, he's going to make uh, shots from with dunks and stuff, so... He's looking good. Do you, you have any, uh, you want a piece of Bembry or anybody else from this? I mean, DFS, I think it's interesting to see what they would do with Tyler Dorsey. Uh, Malcolm Delaney, I picked up in a couple leagues to stream. Uh, he's been playing a lot of shooting guard minutes too, Delaney, so he's something to think about. Um, I could see him having a good game tonight. Yeah, you may take a crack at Delaney. Um... Yeah, Dorsey, I don't know. Bembry, there's such a small sample size on him. I'm, I'm a little bit leery. Um, Do you think they're going to start? They've been playing Collins kind of split, more center, more power forward. So you think he would start with Elias over there? I mean, there's really nobody else that they're going to. I don't think yeah, they would start Muscala at, at power forward. Yeah, Collins for DFS. I haven't checked their prices yet, but Collins is probably going to be a lock in in my lineups. Yeah. Um, I think the yeah the high usage, all these guys out, Schroeder's usage obviously out of the way. Uh, someone's going to have to pick it up, so he's a safe bet. Hopefully no foul trouble against Drummond, but we'll worry about that when we get to it. Uh, okay, so other Rubio's out. Uh, I wrote about the Jazz yesterday, and they are rolling. Um, basically, all their lineup combos are good. Royce O'Neal has picked up his minutes. He's going to play again big minutes today. Just an awesome, a great story. So... Um, yeah, I think that their studs, pretty much their starting five, are good to go. Ingles has been stupid good. But I like yeah. O'Neal. I, I cut O'Neal for... Um, I, cut, I cut Prince for him. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty big on him, man. He's pretty fantasy-friendly. He makes his free throws, makes threes, steals. kind of like him. I think he's still good. Even when Rubio yeah. comes back, I still think he's got like 27 minutes. Yeah, I'm not into O'Neal as a pickup necessarily, but you, you mentioned cutting Prince for him, and I, I'm sadly also kind of off Torian. <laughs> I think even if he gets more shots, he's one of those guys who's just going to poison the well for percentages. Um, yeah, I hate to say it. That was a swing and a miss on my part. Yeah, I, everybody. I, I, and I really Bradley. expected him to click, but... Avery, I cut him and Avery Bradley on Monday. I was like, I can't take this anymore. I want guys Yeah, to... I cut Bradley a couple weeks ago. That yeah. was... Although the move to the Clippers, you might have thought, okay... Doc, maybe under Doc, he'll get rolling, but I, I don't think it's in the cards for him this year. Yeah. Okay. But how about, uh, how do you like, um, the, obviously Ingles is rolling with the increased usage. He's just been terrific. I don't know that he can keep up the efficiency, but he's looking great. Uh, but what about Jay Crowder as a fit in Utah? Do you um, see any, any appeal there? Um, well, I think he's going to be more affected by Rubio than Royce will be. But I think he can. I mean, he's a better fit there. He's going to play more four. He's not going to have to play next to LeBron. So I'm interested. I'm, I'm down to cut Prince or Bradley or any of these Chris, Marquise Chris, or any of those guys. If you want to cut him, um, there's opportunities there for him. I mean, he's going to be the seventh or eighth man in the rotation, which is good for a team that's scoring the ball really well. They're sixth in offensive rating over their last ten. I think they're twelfth in pace, which is up for them. Yeah. Paced up, yep. Yeah, so they're scoring. They could sustain. I could see seven guys sustaining value. 
So yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested, but um, I'm not cutting somebody. Like if, I, if I'm like the print, like guys that I've been waiting for reasons to cut them, then yeah, sure. But I'm not going to cut a guy that I'm satisfied with. You know, just yeah. to change things. I mean, yeah, maybe, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Crowder seems like a safe kind of cheap play. Doesn't have that explosive upside that some owners might be looking for. But if you just need a streamer or a reliable guy, because they're putting the ball in his hands, and I agree, Rubio will, you know, take some of that away from him. But he just looks like a natural fit. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. Um, any other Wednesday morning news we should go over? Okay, so actually, uh, Thomas Sadoransky is the only guy that's questionable. He's got to be worth owning. Frazier's out. We'll see what they do with. Ty Lawson or whoever else, but you're obviously starting sad off. He's a go. Anything you want to add there? Nope. Okay, so let's talk Kawhi Leonard. And, I mean, we'd love to give you some information, but we really don't have any. They're keeping us in the dark like the Spurs do. So, I mean, I think you kind of got to stash them. But every team I see with Kawhi is kind of dead. Yeah. because <laughs> because And especially because most of those teams are people who drafted him and just haven't had it in them to cut him uh and i i get that i was one of those owners until last month and i thought forget it um the only glimmer of hope i'd say if you're an owner because as mike mentioned they the spurs just give us nothing we have no updates don't know when he might return whatever um but it was the same situation to start the season we, we were completely in the dark and then all of a sudden one week he was back. So, you know, you just hold out hope that that's the scenario. And we'll go over some of these stashes. But I, I think he's worth owning at this stage. Um, you know, if he's still out there, I'd, I'd try to pick him up. If you have an IR spot, it makes it 100 times easier. Um, but we'll go over some of the other options. So there's kind of we kind of did it like the guys that you are obviously stashing. So even if you're in a shallow league, like these guys should be owned. Um, you could add to this. Devin Booker, Aaron Gordon, Darren Collison, I think's mustache. Alonzo uh, Ball, I think's a mustache. He should be back soon. John Wall's too good to leave on the wire. Paul Millsap should be back. They're saying early March, so he needs to be owned. And then Trevor Reza, who should be back after the break as well. So those guys shouldn't be sitting on any any wires. Yeah, the only player out of that that I've seen on the wire is Paul Millsap and uh, Darren Collison, too. Yeah. And, yeah, Millsap, I think we've waited long enough. Pick him up. It wasn't a lower body injury, so, you know, there's going to be some rust. His conditioning might take a little while, but I'm not too worried about that. Um, Darren Collison, I was able to grab in two competitive 12-team leagues. I was surprised. Um, Actually, Steve cut him in one league, and... Like, right after he got injured. And it's a league that doesn't have an IR spot, so you can kind of get that. But, yeah, um, yeah, I loved it. I got him in two leagues this week, and with the All-Star break soaking up most of his rehab time, it was only a two- to three-week timetable, so he should be good on the other side of the break. Yep, for sure. Um, So he should be picked up. Um, Then there's kind of the maybe tier, guys that probably only have mid-round upside or they're out for a long time. Um, I put Rondé down, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who I'm still stashing in everywhere. Uh, Kevin Love, Kelly Olenek, Marcus Smart, Scala Bissier, Jordan Bell, Jonathan Isaac, and Rudy Gay would be another guy. Uh, but again, Spurs are a little tricky. I'd say the guys of that list, uh, I think, I mean, you're stashing Love if your league's legit. Um, he should be back hopefully early next month. Uh, Rondé should be back pretty soon too. Lavert, I'm not really interested in stashing because his role has diminished since DAR has come back. And Olenek was playing really well before he got hurt, so... Uh, I kind of rather like him. Marcus Smart, I'm a little bit worried about. And Scal's a mystery box. Um, same with Jordan Bell and Isaac, too. So they're all kind of the same thing. 
Uh, yeah, a lot of names there, so I didn't pick up all those. Yeah, I'll write it down again. Uh, so, Rondé, Kevin Love, Kelly Olenek, Marcus Smart, Scalabissier, Jordan Bell, and Jonathan Isaac. Smart, Bell, and Isaac. Okay. Um, yeah, so Hollis Jefferson, I'm I'm picking up. I think... He, he should be good on the other side of the break. I don't. I haven't had any, you know, indications that this is a very long-term thing. It's the Nets. So, I, what's up? It's the Nets, though. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But I, I think he'd be, He's worth a stash. Yeah. Um, Scal, I'm into Scal. Uh, you know, young player, bad team should trend up as they rest their veterans like Zebo. Um, he was out two to three weeks as of February first, so he should be fine on the other side of the break. Um, K Love was he? I thought he was out till more early April. Is that not the case? Uh, six to eight. So I mean, he was hurt. Okay. Early. So could, yeah. So you're looking pr- pretty much St. Patty's Day. I'd say is a more reasonable expectation. Yeah. So and he's too good. Even with Larry Nance in Cleveland and looking like an awesome fit, um, you know, Love's too good. So he'd probably be at the top of this list for sure. It's crazy. He has four um, hand hand fractures in his career. Is that right? Damn. Yeah. Two. Yeah. I think two of each. Yeah, uh, Marcus Smart, no thanks. Just especially in roto leagues, the percentages are brutal, and he was kind of just a borderline specialist type guy, even fully healthy. So I'm not too interested there. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Bell, he's just going to be hit or miss based on who's playing for the Warriors on a given night. So per minute, terrific, but more of a more of a streaming DFS type guy. He's kind of a loser based on the fact that the Warriors are only half a game up on the Rockets. Like, yeah. Had they been maybe five or six games up, they'd be more likely to rest guys. But that's less likely now. I mean, they want home court. Houston's whooped them. They've got the tiebreaker yeah. against them. And Houston's I still got a think they're going to they're gonna cherry pick easy matchups. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I mean, we saw rest what... players and, and maybe have their players coach a little more. <laughs> I was and, uh, just going to say. Yeah. Uh, good old Suns. Don't lose by 50, Suns. Uh, okay, so. Anybody? Not you're not stashing Markel Fultz. Um, we're not stashing no. Brogdon. Not enough upside there. Who else? No. Nope. Uh, did Did you talk about Reggie Jackson? Was he? No, I, I meant to put him in. That's my mistake. Yeah, he's kind of yeah. he's kind of in that maybe tier. Yeah, exactly. I put him in that second tier. Looks sound. You know, they've been discussing early March as a potential return date. So, it another guy who wasn't all that great when he was completely healthy. Um, now they've got. Jameer Nelson, and it's just more competition. Blake Griffin touches the ball a lot, so yeah, I, he's not a must-own by yeah. any means. And we're not stashing Derwin's Noel, not stashing Mason Plumley, not stashing Gordon Hayward. Um, oh, one other name we didn't mention though: Big Sauce, Alan Williams. Super. If you have like multiple IR spots, he's interesting, especially with this whole. I mean, it's only meniscus tear. He had a very, very, very long timetable for that injury, so I won't be surprised if he's back later this month. Yeah, he's a dark horse for sure. But, you know, deeper leagues, but yeah. keep an eye on him wherever if he comes back because we saw what he did at the end of last year and it was very impressive. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's just talk some quick Tuesday stuff. Not a lot going on. We mentioned the Hawks. We already talked about them, so we don't need to hit them again. Um, there's really nothing to talk about from the Bucks. Uh, Tyler Zellers playing pretty well, so that could eat into Henson. Um, do you want a piece of this Milwaukee center thing or no? Uh, no. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I don't either at all. Okay, so I think probably the big storyline, especially from fantasy, was the Cavs. Um, it's It feels like it's going to be kind of a, a, a mixed bag on who's going to be good, who's not. And yesterday it was the bench. Bench was killer. Bench basically won in the game. Uh, Clarkson scored 14 off the bench with four assists. Hood with 14. 
couple steals, four threes. Larry Nance was big time, made some big plays late, uh, 13-9, three blocks from him. So he, it's a big game from him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking earlier, like, it was pretty much George Hill was the cream of the crop, and then it was kind of a big dip down, and then kind of Nance, Clarkson, Hood right in that tier, and then J.D. Osman and so forth. Do we change that now? Do we, are we more worried uh, about Hill? I'm taking Larry Nance over over Hill, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, any non-dominant point guard alongside LeBron, I'm always a little bit leery. Um, so George Hill doesn't have to play an, an aggressive offensive role. Uh, the Cavs have been one of the worst possible teams defending point guards this year, so they're just going to task him to try to try to you know stop up that that leak. So I'm not super into Hill. I'd, I'd take him. Below Nance, but above Clarkson and, okay. and Hood. Works for me. Um, so OKC, uh, Jeremy Grant's been pretty good. I've picked him up in a couple. I've been pretty satisfied. I wish he made his free throws, but um, I think he's got a sneaky role for defense. Wish he shot the ball better again. Anything you want to add to OKC? Uh, no, just that Stephen Adams continues to shatter my expectations so and just be amazing. And him and Capella, I, man. Th- yeah, they they showed a graphic last night. He's got something like close to 300 offensive rebounds and a little over 200 defensive rebounds. Second player in like re- recent history, other than Jason Williams, to average more offensive than defensive rebounds. Just... West, Westbrook. <coughs> yeah, gotta, <laughs> yeah, gotta yeah, Westbrook get those defensive there's rebounds. A, there's mitigating factors for yeah. sure, but uh, yeah. yeah, triple doubles, Very man. T.J. McConnell put him in the MVP conversation with his triple double. Yeah. Um, so I'm Miami... oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Was good. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting too excited about Melo's 24-point game or anything. I mean, yeah. So Miami and Toronto, they both closed super small. The Raptors closed Lowry, Van Vliet, Wright, DeRozan, and JV. And they pulled JV late for Pascal Siakam on a defensive possession. And then he also went small with Bam up front, Drogic, Richardson, Tyler Johnson, and Ellington, if I've got that right. Um, takeaways from this one, again, we mentioned Olenek, um, Bam's kind of been eaten. Again, we didn't see Whiteside close this game out, wasn't in foul trouble. Um, he's had trouble with the Raptors before. So, um, I'll just to give you a quick rundown, I'm not worried about Richardson and Dragic. I am worried about Johnson. I'm worried about Ellington with Wade there, who did see some minutes late. Um, and Bam's worth owning until Olenek gets back. And James Johnson's finally starting to play better. Yeah. Johnson's picking it up, but he's a guy I've cut, and I'm, I'm not regretting it at yeah. this point. Uh, Bam is is a pretty nice pickup. I like it. He played, as you mentioned, final 15 minutes over Hassan last night. Um, not worried if I'm a white side owner. He kind of comes and goes. He was benched for most of the late against the Bucks the other day, but he still got, I think, four or five minutes right towards the end of the game. It's all just kind of matchup dependent, the flow of the game, things like that. Um, like he you said just himself, gotta like he said it. himself, he's a 24, 25 minute per game guy until he is, and he's going to be a double, double two block guy in that time. You'll take it. Right. You kind of know what he is. Yeah. Um, and frankly, that's enough in most yeah. formats. If you're a points league owner, maybe not, but you know, in most roto situations, that's fine. Yeah, we, um, won't, we won't see those major 28 and 18 lines that we saw him post from here and there. Yeah, but that's fine. But yeah, and Wade, you know, I think he takes a little bit away from Tyler Johnson, a little bit away from Ellington. Otherwise, I don't see a huge impact here. Yeah, we're so we're both good with Jay Rich and Dragons the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, Houston and Minnesota, 
Cat's a badass. Um, we'll talk about his schedule coming up in a second, though. But, um, yeah, there's really nothing there. Um, Seth Teague had a great game, much needed great game from him. And the Rockets are the Rockets. Uh, they're going to score 120 basically every night, and it kind of is what it is. Big game from Ryan Anderson. I still don't care. Yeah, which is so ridiculous. So the Wolves give up the fifth most three-pointers to power forwards. So maybe you could say, oh, you know, of course, Rhino went off against them. But I've tried repeatedly to play the matchups with this guy. I'm like, okay, this looks like a tailor-made matchup. This team gives up a lot of threes, a lot of rebounds to power forwards, and he just throws up a complete dud. And then there's a team that's been brutal against his specialty categories, and he'll thrive. And I'm... It's maddening, so I, I give up. I'm not playing him in DFS. Yeah. Uh, God bless if he hit for you last night. I'm team. I'm never team Rhino ever. And Gordon, I don't play Gordon ever. Um, anything you want to add there? Uh, Wolves Rockets? No, it's pretty yeah. pretty so, standard stuff from them. Not a lot of big rotation changes or anything. So one of the hottest pickups in the past two weeks been Dwight Powell. He's been going off pretty much every night. Had a nice stat stuffing: eighteen, six board, five assists, and a three. Great shooting. He's been rolling, man. Um, this team, we saw them rest guys on Sunday, but he was doing really well when Barnes was out. He's been doing well with Barnes in. Uh, he's got those minutes locked down. We, again, they're hoping no one's Noel comes back after the break, but don't count on it. So, yeah, he has to be on, man. I mean, he's just been really good in this mid-20s role that he's found himself in. Yeah, absolutely. Total, total agreement on everything you said. Also, uh, it looks like Mejri's just fallen out of the picture. He's also a veteran. No reason to really play him down the stretch. Uh, Maxi's done really nothing to to look like he's going to be a huge threat to Powell's minutes or anything. Um, yeah, Powell's thriving alongside yep. Dirk. You know, as a starter, he's been awesome. He's playing well off the bench now. So, yeah, he should be on. Yep. So moving to the Kings. Uh, Colby Stein, a little, little bit of a letdown against the Mavs front court. They usually do pretty well. Centers do against him. Bogdan's heating up a little bit. Buddy Heels kind of a mess. I'm down to cut him. Um, if not for that little 15-point burst he had the other day, he'd be getting dropped in a lot more leagues. Um, and, yeah, he's been basically like Wiggins, man. Doesn't do anything. So I'm good dropping him for all these hot names we keep talking about. If you want to just, like stash somebody that we mentioned earlier, I'm definitely good with that. Um, and then... We haven't. It's kind of interesting. Ever since the George Hill deal, um, Temple's not really being rested. Same with Kufus and Zebo. So they're kind of sneaky winners from the deadline. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. Like I'm not. When Scal comes back, that could change things. Yeah, that for sure. Um, but Zebo, you know, there's going to be random DMPs to frustrate you. His minutes should probably dwindle down the stretch. So no, I'm not too into that. I will say, Buddy Healed. You mentioned, you know, he's not. He doesn't jump out anywhere, but I'd push back against cutting him. Uh, I, I think he's going to trend up minutes after the after the break, and he's been pretty good over the past month, actually. Two, 2.13s per game, 1.1 steals, half a block even. Percentages are solid, especially free throws. Um, doesn't turn the ball over, so a 9-cat, <clears throat> that gives him a big boost. So I'm I'm holding healed here. I'm also holding uh, Bogdanovich and uh, Cauley Stein, obviously, even though he's been disappointing. I have healed him a couple, but he's every day I'm thinking if I want to cut him or not. I haven't, so I guess I'm I guess I'm with you. But he's he's soon to go. Yeah. He's like I I just one <laughs> team I'm on the bubble. Yeah, because I cut Prince yeah. and I cut Bradley, and he's the low man on the totem pole now. Yeah. So I'm waiting for a reason to cut him, and I'm pretty sure I'll wind up cutting him when something goes down. Yeah. But um, yeah, 
So, and then the last game of the night, not a lot of fantasy takeaways. The Spurs are kind of the Spurs, is what it is. Bertans is fine. Um, Laverne was actually awesome. Yeah. He was good the the previous night, too, against Utah. I don't think he played a ton of minutes, but when he was in there, he was really aggressive. They're, they're you know, using him as a role man in almost every possession when he's on the floor. Um, so just bear in mind that if, if Aldridge does miss more games later this season, it looks like Laverne is, you know, in addition to Bertans, but Laverne looks like a pretty big winner. Yeah. And then the Nuggets wise, Jamal Murray is all banged up, had a chest injury, but he, he was fine. 17, three threes, two steals. Take that. Wish he had more assists. But, um, yeah, it's probably time to drop. Trey Lyles has been pretty solid, but with Millsap getting close, if you want guys with upside in later March, then and maybe he had a big 24-pointer on Friday. But, yeah, I'm, I'm good if you want to think two steps ahead, drop it in. Yeah. Are you buying uh, Wilson Chandler as a pickup, especially with Millsap eventually I mean, coming back? Yes. I mean, he's been playing pretty well, and he can get hot. He's kind of a stat stuffer. So, yeah, I'm down to, I would, I would, I'm down to drop healed for him if you want. He's going to cool off, yeah. but he's playing well I, enough. I, I think I'd rather have Heald just because of the Millsap factor, but you're right. You could you could play Wilson. He's got a history of you know putting up defensive stats. He can hit threes, and as long as the minutes are huge, which is really key. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the column going up. We're talking some uh, remaining schedule. I also touched it on my column. Um, it's pretty cool to see this one site. I forget what it's called really fast. They do... Uh, it's called uh, Presidual, so just to, to lead you into it. They basically break down rest-disadvantage games, back-to-backs, who has the most of those. It's pretty cool. Um, so I was doing, writing about the Jazz, and they only have four rest-disadvantage games. And then, meanwhile, the Pelicans and the Clippers, two teams they're competing with, have an NBA-high 11 rest-disadvantage games. And also the Jazz have the seventh easiest schedule from uh, strength of opponent. So um, their schedule looks good. But, um, yeah, you're going to take kind of more of a bigger picture for remaining games. So what would you find? Uh, well, yeah, so my goal was basically to come up with a fantasy strength of schedule. So I just went about trying to do that and <laughs> uh, initially looked at team matchups versus positions, which would be familiar to a lot of people listening. It's basically how lenient or stingy teams are against different positions. Um, so, for instance, the Suns have been the – easiest team over the past month total for fantasy points um shooting guards are particularly crushing them tough teams include like the spurs raptors bucks things like this so i took that data and then applied it to every single team's uh post break opponents so i looked at their whole schedule and basically replaced their opponent with a number so if the lakers are giving up 200 fantasy points a game on the schedule they become a 200 um, I, I did that overall and then for every individual position. Jeez. So you can look at every team and basically see, okay, this team has the best possible matchup after the break of any team uh, for centers, or this team has the second worst matchup for shooting guards. Um, so you could take a look at that, but one interesting thing that emerged was that when you look at uh, cumulative value, just based on total games played, the matchups don't matter as much. It, it becomes, once you get, most teams play 20, 22 games after the break. And once you get to that point, the matchups all kind of even out. So although certain teams like the Hawks, I believe, have the worst uh, overall matchup after the break, the Jazz have the worst overall matchup versus centers, so that could hurt Gobert. There's individual things to pick out. But overall, games played are just the 
the thing to look at. There's there's no no question about it. And so with that in mind, I also put down a grid showing various fantasy playoff schedules. So if your fantasy playoffs are weeks 21 to 24, there's an at-a-glance thing. You could just look and see how every team, how many games they have during that period. Um, and it's pretty stark. I mean, you look and it's immediately obvious that the Timberwolves are in a tough spot. Um, you mentioned Cats' playoff schedule earlier, but they're across the board. They have the worst fantasy schedule in literally any possible format except weeks 22 to 24, in which case they're tied. Not good. It's Jimmy Butler. So would you try to unload yeah. him or what? If you can't, I don't know. I mean, it depends. So if your fantasy playoff, say it falls weeks 20 to 22, right? Then the Wolves have three games less than the Pelicans. They have four games oh, and seven other teams. They have four games less than the Kings and the Raptors. So that's a that's a huge advantage. So if you're saying, well, I wouldn't trade Jimmy Butler for Kyle Lowry straight up. But if, he, if Kyle Lowry has four more games in your three-week fantasy playoff period, yeah. suddenly that, that seems smart. So, yeah, I, I would certainly entertain trade offers for the Wolves. There's other teams that the Nets have some truly brutal uh, playoff possibilities. The Knicks aren't looking too good. Um, yes, but it's all right there. So yeah. owners can look at it and suit, you know tailor it to their own needs. Okay, so we'll just let you guys check it out. You're going to post that pretty much soon? Yeah, it'll be up in the next hour. Nice. All right, so we'll get out of here on that. You guys enjoy the All-Star break. I don't know what the pod schedule is going to be. Nothing really doing, but we'll we'll, we'll do at least one pod over the All-Star break. Um, So you guys take care, and thanks for coming on, Ryan. See you, Mike. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.